but like if you look at any of that stuff if there's ever a problem i'm the first person to be like i'm i missed yeah like i i made a projection i thought it was going to go this way and it didn't Mm -hmm. and that's that's on me great experiences build great leaders great leaders build great teams this is building great sales teams All right, guys, I'm super excited today because we got Jacob Stoller on the podcast. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur, owns a lot of different businesses, done a lot of different things. I actually spent some time with him on one of the uh, private jet trips that I took with Ryan Stuman, and uh, he was just sitting there educating us on all kinds of different businesses he had and situations he's been in. And so there is a lot to learn from Jacob today. His uh, legacy that he wants to leave behind, I love. It has to do with mentorship to others and leaving behind a lasting impact on them when it comes to achieving their freedom. So check it out. The math and I did it. I even did it short sighted, to be honest. I didn't show what we actually lost. I just showed like a very median point to kind of drive home how big of a mistake it was. Yeah. And the reply was like, well, I'm human. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yo, <laughs> if I said that and I missed payroll, like you threatened to quit. Yeah. Like this is a $700,000 mistake over three months. And the response is like, I'm human. Sometimes stuff happens. Like, no, you made decisions repeatedly that were wrong. And if you were to be like, Hey, you know, I'll do this, this, and this next time I've been like, okay, like we learned the lesson. It was a very expensive lesson on my half, but we learned it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can move forward and like it just, so anyway, I went down a rabbit hole and had to, fix a bunch of stuff. And obviously I found other problems. Um, and yeah, so I've been doing that. And then we didn't have power from two in the morning till midnight on Monday. Uh Um, so I had generators all over the house and I was a mess yesterday. Um, but I'm, you know, finding my groove again, (laughs) Um, on even kill again. Yeah. I mean, the, the most you can do is the very next day, go to bed at your normal time, wake up at your normal time and do what you can to get back into your groove. Routine. Um, yeah. Shit's always going to happen. Um, you know, a lot of other people would let it ruin their week. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> so, That's where um, I'm at. I'm like, yeah. And it, it was the same thing. Like she didn't own, own the yeah. mistake. And, and it wasn't even a mistake. It was how she responded to me in an email. Yeah. Because I was upset with the way we were handling our um, salespeople. Yep. And uh, uh, and at the end of the call, I was like, all I want you to do is own own it, that you're yeah. being a smart ass. Yeah. <laughs> and then you could say, yeah, I lost my shit a little bit. I was being and, a smart and it's ass. Like, you know? It's always passive aggressive smart ass stuff, oh. too. Like, and you know they're being chippy because you've managed enough people to know what that looks like. Yeah. Um, and so, like, and, and it's cool because I do it, too. Like I'm a smart ass sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and my staff is, is cool to be like, yo, you're being a dick. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I am. You're right. Like my fault. Um, but they, they'll, they own it too. Like that's the relationship we have. Um, so I, uh, I get it, dude. Yeah. And like, and it wrecks your mood too, because you pour so much into people. Um, and it's just like proof that they're not taking any of it. Um, and that's the part where you feel like you're failing as like a teacher. It's not them. It's like, it's you. 
Right. Um, and so, yeah, when I let her go, I was like, you know, I have to own some of this because I didn't babysit good enough. Um, and so that part, that part's on me. And that's why I'm giving you an opportunity to like stay because I could have caught this and I didn't catch it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I wasn't holding you accountable. So at the same time, you could be like, well, why didn't you double check my work? And then my response would been, well, I'm not, I shouldn't have to. <laughs> so, no, and like it, we can do this all we want. Yeah. But it's, it, it's crazy because the answer is never a hundred percent. It's always like 80% and you feel 80% good about it because you are supposed to give them enough rope to hang themselves or else they'll never grow. They'll never be responsible yep. for anything. They'll never take on anything. Yep. You know what I mean? And I have done that from a very young age and it's, yep bit me in the ass more than it has benefited me at this point because I am I'm left with you know a few solid people that I know are right or die right but I haven't built out that amazing like staff side of things operations side you know honestly my best ops people right now are VAs yep (laughs) they're killing they're so programmable yes they're absolutely pro and they have no ego no um none it's very task oriented yeah. Like, oh, I need to do it this way? Sure. I'll do that this way next time. Yeah. Like when you're uh like you're not from here, like how come it's that easy for you? And it's just culture. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how they're built. Um, I've reached a point with like my medical staff. We have our core like 12 people. Mm-hmm. And um, I've gotten to a point where I fire people real quick now if I don't think they're a fit. Um, because I'm not trying to rock the boat with the people that we have, and I know right. that they'll handle their shit. If they have to work by themselves, I pay them a little bit more. Yeah. Um, But like I have that core, I just paid the somebody to move to San Antonio to open up um, like that portion of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm totally cool with her being four hours away. Like I, I'm not worried about it. Um, The mistakes that she makes, she won't even, she won't even apologize because I don't care about apologies. Why it happened doesn't fucking matter. Mm -hmm. You know, if you come at me with like, oh, uh, this is what I'll do next time. Like, yeah. I don't care about the apology. I don't care about the why. About the I don't care about the story. Yeah. Like, let's, how do we not do this again? Yeah. Um, and so, and she's programmed to do that now. She was the first person I ever hired. Mm-hmm. Um, the first four people I ever hired are still here. Um, and we're going on year five, I think. Yeah. So um, they, they've seen it when it was at its worst and our systems were terrible and our software was bad and, um, you know, and they stuck with me through it just because I treated them like people. Um, but yeah, if and you, that, and that's what you if do, you like you're not reciprocal, fuck. Yeah. Right? And that's how I feel sometimes because, you know, from like two years ago, we've been pouring into everybody core values. Yep. We've been developing them. We've been spending money. You know, I've even had like, I hired uh, Jennifer Carrasco to, to, to coach yeah. one of my operations people. You know what I mean? Because she had a lot yeah. more going on than the job, right? And uh, it, it, it does. You get frustrated. And, and if you're good with it, we'll include this stuff in the podcast because it's all yeah, good stuff. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you get frustrated because when, when it really matters, sometimes it's not reciprocated. You know, like when, it, when it's time to like say, hey, Doug's been pouring into me for a year now. You know what I mean? Since I got hired or whatever, investing in me, putting responsibility on me, giving me raises, all that good stuff. Uh, actually following through with the core values, you know, giving a shit, treating me like a person, and then I fuck up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, can you just own it and can we move on? 
even if it was partly I mean, my it, fault, like you said, it was some of it was your fault, yeah. right? But yeah. even if it was partly my fault, it's like, damn, I'll, all I do is own this shit all day and try to figure out how to do better. You know what I mean? I, I would like someone else to say, hey, that was me. I'm going to fix that shit. You know, if you were to ever go back on anything I ever said, anything I've ever put in text, like mm-hmm. I run most of my companies through a, an app that Facebook makes called Workplace. Um, yeah. So I don't even have meetings. I record what I need to say. And I put it in the company's like social deal. Everybody watches it while they're driving, like whatever. And if they have questions, everybody chimes in at different times and we can still spitball on a, on a video I recorded a month ago today. Um, but like, if you look at any of that stuff, if there's ever a problem, I'm the first person to be like, I'm, I missed. Yeah. Like I, I made a projection. I thought it was going to go this way and it didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's on me. Uh, here's what I'm doing or the steps that I'm taking to make sure that we don't go through that again. Yeah. Uh, and I apologize, you know, for everybody that it affected. Um, and everybody thinks like, because you're at the top of the food chain, it's easier to own a mistake. It's not any different. It's just no, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like, oh, but you're at the top. So if you fuck up, we can't fire you. Yes, you can. You can quit. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? You That's can't your fire version me? of firing me. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're, if you're done with me, then you're done with or, me. I or, can't do nothing about that. Or worse, you'll stay on and do a bad job. Yeah, and not there until you can find whatever you're going to move on to. Yeah, that's the like, worst. So if I'm not, if I'm not being accountable to you guys, that's the biggest problem because I'm showing that you don't have to be accountable at the highest level. Um, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, I need you guys to be independent of me. I don't want you to sit there and wait for the next like task. I don't want you to freeze any time that a decision has to be made. Yeah. I need you to feel empowered to make decisions and make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you don't feel empowered to do that, one, I'll never have an opportunity to coach you because you're not going to make a mistake. Yeah. But two, you're never going to be able to advance here because I can't see whether or not you make good decisions. Right. Um, and it's if you're a person that makes a ton of bad decisions, but you take the coaching, like that's a, a massive growth signal for me. Yeah. We talk about things one time and it never happens again. Like you got a future kid. Like, I, that's all I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that most people have worked in, especially if they come from a corporate, right? You make a mistake and you get chastised. Your manager comes over and puts you in a box right. and tells you you're a piece of shit. So like no one wants to make a mistake because they don't want to go through that. Right. Um, but that's the reason why those places turn people over so quickly. And, um, and we almost get excited about mistakes because it's a growth piece. We know yeah. because of that mistake, we're going to do so much better in the future. We got to deal with the, the bullshit of the result until then. But we know that long-term that mistake was made out. And I love it when mistakes are made early in a process or early in a campaign or a product or anything, because now I know, okay, we got that out of the way and now we can, now we can really grow. Well, and people always do the, like, what's your goal, right? Mm -hmm. My goal is literally to go to bed better than I woke up. And like the route to learning something is to fucking be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I mean, so if my goal is literally to be better than I woke up when I go to sleep, I have to screw up or I have to not know something. Absolutely. Because that's the only way that I can do that. So like <laughs> the best result for me on a day-to-day basis is to screw up. Um, and so like, that's literally my mantra. I almost seek it out. Um, in situations where I'm sure of something, I'll engage somebody with a different counterpoint because I'm trying to see if I'm still right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they may have information I don't have. 
Um, and so people are like, oh, you're combative. I'm like, I'm not combative. I'm challenging your point of view because it's not mine. Right. And if I need to have yours, I need to find out what's yeah. wrong with mine. And I need yeah. to do it real quick. Um, and that's where you don't get anywhere with, with ego and pride when it comes to that. Um, and I feel like a lot of people, especially that have an employee mindset, mm-hmm. um, they view being wrong as like the ultimate failure. Um, right. And it's, it's hard to, it almost takes six or eight months to get people to feel like it's okay. Yeah. Um, I still have, a, I have a staff member that works for me. She got to be going on two, maybe two and a half years. Mm-hmm. She does one of the hardest routes um, with some of the most demanding travel. And um, she treated it just like a job originally. Yeah. Um, so like she would clock in, she would do her work and she was good at it. But like, she didn't care about the brand. She didn't care about representing the brand. She didn't care how she looked. Which of your brands um, is this? Uh, the medical, the medical side. Okay. Um, my hair salon, all of the people there, I, I almost, I want individuality there. Right. Um, you know, when you walk owners. into like, you know, when you like walk into a hair salon and it feels like whitewashed, like everybody's wearing black and white, the walls are stark white and like, you know, it's going to be 400 bucks for haircut. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter if they're good or not. You're paying for the ambiance. Um, at my salon, we have people that charge 400 bucks for a haircut. I have apprentices that are 30 bucks. Um, and like, so, you know, I've got people that can do braids. I got people that can do, like, we, we do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want you to, I want you to feel comfortable being you cause you're the product. Yeah. Um, and at most hair salons, they're like, Oh, well, we need to, you need to respect the brand in the, in the salons, blah, blah. My salon's not, we don't have a brand. Like exactly. whoever the chairs they come and sit down at is why they're there. It doesn't matter what brand I create for a hair salon. No one comes for the brand. They aren't cutting their hair. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but on the medical side, I mean, you know, people, they want to come in and they want someone that looks, you know, clean cut and manicured. Um, but thing is like, if you want to pur- purple in your hair, I don't care. If you want to have long nails, not a big deal to me. Right. Um, it's more about, like whatever your whatever person you want to be just like being that like mm-hmm. versus being la- lazy yeah like put some effort into it um and that's really all i asked for um and she's slowly started coming around and she's very eager to learn she's very and like and it's because she's come around to understand that if i say that something will happen it does right um you know she's gotten raises she's become in charge of of a route she's like all of that stuff has happened mm-hmm. um and that's how you get your buy-in, but some people never buy in. Um, and at, at some point you have to cut your losses and determine what they, I, I call it cost of replacement, right? Yeah. If you're somebody that just shows up into your, I can hire a new one of those. Right. It takes nothing. Um, if you're somebody that's really ingrained in the fabric of the brand, I can't replace that. Like I, I can't do it. If you have a bunch of ancillaries, um, that's what makes you more valuable. That's how you get paid more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're not somebody like, I think I was talking to Stacy about this when we record a podcast. Yeah. Do you have any employees that you go to and you're like, Hey, I need you to do this. And the first thing they say is like, am I getting paid extra for it? Or, uh, Whoa. you know what I'm saying? Have <laughs> I you ever hope had I know. anybody say that to you? I mean, like a long time ago, but I weed yeah. them out early on now. You know? But that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I, I'm, if someone does that to me, like you'll never get anything from me ever. Right. It, I'm coming to you because I need a favor. 
like forget the task, forget your role at the company your title. I'm coming to you out of everybody else. And I'm asking you for help. Cause I think you're the best, best person to help me. Yeah. Um, it's not about like, what can you get? This is, this is showing me who you are and who you want to be. Um, and that's how you get promoted. That's how you make more money or whatever. Um, and I don't know where this became a thing. Like in society now, I've run across it last couple of businesses I built. Like, hey, you know, we're going to trial something. We would like for you to be the person who does it. Like, mm -hmm. is, is there any additional pay? What? I'm not asking you to work more hours. Yeah. We're putting you in a test program. If right. it blows up, you're the first person in it. You're the first person that would get, get to lead the charge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look at this. It's like, this could be <laughs> your department. Not like, what do I get right now? Um, and, and I understand it because, again, if you come from a corporate background where you're not used to getting anything and they run you 60 hours a week ragged, no thank yous, no nothing. Right. I, I get it. Like, I would ask that, too. But the question is, like, what have I what have I done that's shown you that that's me? And that's where I have a problem with that question. Like, is that, is that who they think I am? Or is this like runover from wherever they were before? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough conversation to have. And it's hard to find out, you know, cause I've had mainly operational people, the, the, the sales side, it's easy to see it's coming from another company because it's yeah. in their practices. It's in their speech, how they're pitching yeah. and stuff like that. But on the operation side, there's just so much, you know, we talk about how much our parents mess us up or whatever, <laughs> you oh, know yeah. what I mean? But man, the, the previous jobs, your job history is a, is a whole nother animal that can influence you if you're not the type of person that can overcome a lot of it, you know? Yep. And it's, it's hard to get over him too. Um, like I'm not a script person. Um, I'm like more of a flow when yeah. it comes to conversation stuff. Cause there's no way to own a, a script from like your own your own like personality deal. Right. Like if I'm a type B person, I can still be a great salesperson. My mm -hmm. process is just different. Um, if, if I get a script from a guy that's type A, mm -hmm. I'll never sell shit. Right. Because I can't say half of the stuff that this dude says and have anybody take me seriously. Um, yeah. And that's why like but there, a lot of my, you know, we have scripts and I put it in quotes because they're bullet points. Yeah. You exactly. need to qualify these three things and you need to present before you can move on. Exactly. Yep. And Bingo. so it's, it's mainly bullet points and that's what I do for my clients too. And they're like, well, aren't you going to tell me what to say? And I'm like, no, you're going to no. say it. And you're just going to you know, you got to learn hit the point. fucking product yeah. and then use these. Um, but when I, so I uh, moved down to Phoenix to fix like a chain of gyms. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I don't know if you know anything about the fitness industry. It's really hard to keep salespeople. Um, they're just very flighty. They yeah. want to be trainers or they want to, they move in and out. Like people think it would be an easy job to sell gym memberships. So like everybody will accept. So I put together a four page script and I would make them memorize it verbatim. Okay. Um, because it was my litmus test on whether or not they actually really wanted the job. I couldn't figure out a way to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, so like the first two weeks was like, all right, y'all are going to remember, memorize all of this. And so I would pay them for a four hour day, but only keep them at the gym for like a half hour when they were new. And I'm like, just go and learn this. Mm -hmm. And uh, after they would be done, like the people who didn't or never came back or whatever, we would get to the end. I'd have like two or three people that had it fully memorized. I'd be like, you guys want to see I, or why I made you memorize it? And they're like, yeah. And I would take them on a tour of the gym. Mm -hmm. And uh, every point where a, like a paragraph started, you'd be standing in a certain spot. 
But if you if you qualify, like, oh, these are our racquetball courts. Would you see yourself using this? No, skip it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, oh, that's beautiful. I love they that. They wouldn't know shit about racquetball, though. But so, it, like, now... It's also giving them it. a physical uh, marker to say, hey, yeah. this is where I talk about this. You know what I yep. mean? No, and that's after awesome. it all tied it together, like, when it was done, they were like, well, that was really smart. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, why didn't you tell us what it was for? I go, because I need to see if you want to be here. If I tell you that and I take away the pain point, mm-hmm. a lot of other people would have stayed that maybe weren't as committed to it. You guys did it because I said to. Like, and now that you did that, do you think that you could, anybody could walk in the door and you'd be able to handle it? And they're like, well, yeah, we have it memorized. <laughs> yeah. like, so, you know. How many people it, did you weed out in that process, though? Oh, Jesus. Probably 70% every yeah. time. And, and I guess, you know, coming from, you know, door to door, it was always so hard to do that because then yep. no one would do anything because the people we were getting were so low quality anyways. And yep. not low quality in terms of character or anything. It was just they didn't have any life skills or work skills yep. yet. So we had to teach them everything. But as, as we've grown as a company, we've, we've included things like, you know, the, the wise hire questionnaires and the disc assessments and all that type of stuff to kind of weed them out. But I, I love that too. We should, we should just hire everybody and hand them a script and say, memorize it. You know? Well, the thing is though, you, so, and I, I talk about this all the time and there's lots of people that argue with me. Uh-huh. I don't think hiring is a skill. I don't think you can learn to be good at hiring. You're selling, they're selling, right? Yeah. And especially if Fair. you're at scale, you have a job that you want to fill. Yeah. They need a job. How, so how does this work? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, if you can have a normal conversation with them and from a personality standpoint, you can vibe with them uh-huh. and they'll show up tomorrow. Like what, what does it cost you to see if they'll, if they'll make it? Cause sometimes the dudes that interview like shit are fantastic in front of other people. Um, and I have yet, and, and I think, I mean, between my own businesses and everything else, I've probably been a part of 15 different businesses that started low in scale. Mm-hmm. I've never met a single person that was any good at hire. And we're talking like places that had 15 HR people and four stage hiring. They have mm-hmm. the same attrition rate as people that almost hired everybody that walked in the door. I mean, does um, the, does the attrition rate really matter if you're, your strategy with hiring is to figure it out once cycle. they're hired. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, that's the point. Like mm-hmm. if you have the people in place to like, to handle volume hiring, mm-hmm. your best thing to do is to put them in your system. Um, you know, character screen them, find out if they are, are pieces of shit or not. Right? right. Right. But like outside of that, if they're coachable, you can teach anybody anything, you know? So if you're getting into a pitch and your pitch is like, you go through company story and then you go through talking about the number of people that you've done business with, which gives you all of your, um, gives you your company profile, right? So mm-hmm. trust bearing or whatever. And then you go into the, the product presentation and like all of, you can teach anybody how to do that. Yeah. It's whether or not they're relatable and can get comfortable with whoever it is that they're selling. Um, it's crazy too, because people that are great selling in person sometimes can't sell on the phone. Um, because it's a, it's a different feeling. Um, but the people that are great at sales can do both because all it is, is trying to figure out how to be relatable. Right. That's why I've resisted, you know, cause we do solar. So that's why I've resisted going virtual with solar because us as a company, we're built to sell in person. You know, that doesn't mean we have to do door to door, but the actual presentation needs to be in person. And we've seen, and so 
No, go ahead. Finish. I we, didn't catch we, we, we've seen uh, basically conversion rates across the industry. And then with ourselves, because we've done some virtual presentations, our, our conversion rate is way better in person. But I think that's a company personality, you know? Well, not only that, too, some products are just more tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're talking about putting something on your house. Yeah. Um, I worked with a company for eight months called Power Home Remodeling. Mm-hmm. Um, they started out as like a window, garage door, and gutter company, I think, um, way out on the East Coast. And uh, these two guys got a hold of it, became partners in it, and kind of like changed the way that they do things. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> their setup, I mean, it's all, it's siding, it's roofing, it's windows, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're extremely high priced. Um, they have uh, selling points, obviously, to sell off of it that are not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um, but people will, they pull the trigger. Right. Like, so their roofing products, $13 a foot. That's nuts. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Like, unless you're putting fucking gold bars on my roof, like, you could do the same roof for seven bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of their the company culture, the way that they pay their staff, um, they do a, a company-wide trip to Mexico for three days that's paid for. Like, all you need to do is plane tickets. Um, they've booked Pitbull and 50 Cent, whatever, to perform down in Mexico. But their business model, they have a marketing team. The marketing team does door-to-door. And then they, they set up uh, booths anywhere home, homeowners are. Hockey okay. shows, home shows yeah. basketball games, home shows, fishing places, gun, gun show, whatever. At, wherever there's going to be a home, they set, and they set appointments. They have a call center that literally um, verifies the appointment like four times. Okay. And so then when a salesperson gets sent to their house, they've been done, they've pitched marketing. The appointment's been qualified four separate times. Mm-hmm. They make sure that both decision makers are there. Um, the salesperson that they're sending has zero home uh, improvement history. Absolutely none. Like they won't hire you if you have to. Yeah. Because you have to learn their system. Because you'll right? talk yourself out of a sale. A hundred percent. And also you couldn't sell those products if you wanted to, because you have industry background and you know what it costs to do this project. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're hiring guys off the street, no real sales experience, no home, nothing, but they give them an iPad and they put them through like three week boot camp training mm-hmm. where you're like, you're slide by slide. You know exactly what you're talking about. It's a fucking four hour pitch. Yeah. So like you would go out on a sales call at 6 p.m. If you were out of there at 9.30, it was fast. Wow. Um, but you're in there talking about how water gets into windows, how it can create mold in the walls. You're doing heat tests with the stupid lamp in this big-ass bag that you carry up to their door or whatever. Wow. But like I, I went in and, and did sales for them. And as a rookie, I was crushing sales stuff. Mm-hmm. But I skipped half the shit that I, I learned. It wasn't necessary. Right. But the reason why they teach it is everybody will close at 50% doing it exactly the way that they teach it. I'm closing at 90% because I know how to sell. Right, but that's... They can't teach that. Yeah, that's a talent versus uh, a teachable skill, right? So that's the way that they've scaled their company to be in the Fortune 500. They've got regions that do $500 million in sales. But but that's the model. Mm -hmm. And like, I obviously couldn't stay and be a part of it because there's no way that I could be a VP of a region and run that play. It's yeah. just not who I am. Right. Um, but they focus very heavily on self, self growth and, and programs like that. Um, they have uh, retreats for top salespeople. They have this house that they own in Georgia. They've got boats and they, I mean, it's very culture centric, Yeah. but you and take a bunch of people with 
their opportunity structure is just insane. Oh, yeah. The thing is they have team leads and all this stuff. You get rips off the people that you right. coach, whatever. Yeah. You got a guy that's got no tangible skill. You teach him how to sell and now he's making a hundred grand a year. Is he ever leaving? No. To go where? Yeah. It doesn't matter if he has a work-life balance. He's making more money than he's ever made in his entire life. Mm -hmm. And and that's the trap. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I, I, I think it's a fantastic business model. I'm impressed they were able to come up with it, but it's like slavery to me. Mm -hmm. Like you put people into a job and you trap them. There's only so many management deals and there's only so much string you can leave for people who think they're going to be team leads. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they, they, the, one of the owners of that company owns the most expensive penthouse in Philly. Um, and you know, they took it from a, a window and garage door company to this like juggernaut. Um, but I mean, they have a, they have a system for scrubbing bad reviews. They have a sit. I mean, it, it's just, it's very deceptive. Yeah. Right. Um, but they've built this massive company that way. Um, and it's wild to think that people are so programmable. I mean, mm -hmm. they have, they have a system too, that where they have their, their price drops. Right. Yeah. So you lay off and you're like, all right, I'm going to step outside, start putting my bag uh, away or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just open the door or whatever, when it's time for me to come back in, they've got plays for like, like, Oh no, you don't need to do that. Like, we're just going to think about it you literally are walking out and you just shut the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you stay outside and like, and you wait for them to come and get you. Um, and then you basically go to war over math. Right. Um, and like their price drops, people have to be available for phone calls. It's wild. Um, it's a whole production though. Oh to... yeah. Top, top to bottom. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I, I'm, it's very genius that they were able to come up with that and do so well with it. Yeah. It's just not something that I could do um, because I don't feel like I'm providing any value to those people. It's mm -hmm. like I'm weaponizing them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I know what you mean. Cause my, my company was built that way in my early twenties, you know, yep. it was very much, you know, everything that you're saying uh, aside from the 500 million per region and Mexico trips and stuff like that. Like we, you know, the most we ever did was 5 million. Right. And so, but we were, we were set up that way. That's why it, it, it all sounds so familiar to me, you know? And that, that's, that's a sales org. That's how a sales oh, org should be run. Now we run more of a, a hybrid where we actually have freedom training and we teach them taxes and investing and real estate yeah. and all that stuff. And we bring, we bring experts in to teach that stuff because we're not the experts in it. We're the experts in running the sales org, you know? So yep. that's, that's kind yeah, of where we're at right now. It's wild to me too because there's like, I feel like there's a shift, um, you know, of the people that work at that company you know, the new people that are just getting ingrained in the culture are the ones that are its biggest like proponent. Mm -hmm. They have a crazy referral incentive. Um, if you refer one person, it's 2,500 bucks at 90 days. Mm -hmm. um, at two people, it's an additional thousand at 60 days. If you get to four people, it's like 10 or 12 grand wow. um, that no, they're paying you. There's no production stipulation on that? Obviously, if they're not producing, though, they're not going to be with the company that long. No. So. Yep. And that's their hedge, right? That's not a bad um, idea. I mean, my referral. Well, think is, about the amount of revenue that generation that one yeah. salesperson would get you over 10, 10, 10 or 12 months. As long as you maintain your standards, though, because, yep. you know, I've gotten into those situations where I wasn't maintaining my standards and I didn't get an ROI on the referral fee, you know? 
Yep. But that's well, that's and that's happens. that's a management issue, right? Um, if you're not going to stick to your guns and and let people go, <laughs> what are you what are you going to do? Absolutely. Um, but the thing was, they would get people's entire friend groups. So, like, if you have somebody's entire social network, yeah, no one's going to tell them that their job sucks. Right. Like exactly. Like so, just like it's hive mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, I, I'm, I was, I'm impressed. They've been able to, to build their company that way. It's just not something that I would ever be able to go to sleep if, if I was doing it. That's um, the thing. It's they've, they've built out their margins so well that there's room for all that to get fleeced out, you know, all the issues and everything to get fleeced out. Right. And then they're, they're relying on the, the sales process versus the product. Well, they're also relying on the general public not to know any better. Right. Um, you know, and it's like, well, you know, we offer this price as a first visit discount, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, everyone knows that's a pressure sale, right? Right. Like, oh, you know, but then they have this whole paragraph about why the discounts worth it for the company. Mm-hmm. And it goes through, you know, we're already out here. We've already done the gas. If I have to come back out here, they can't send me to somebody else's house. Right. Um, and if you extrapolate that over the 75 people that we have that handle this region, and we're giving you a 20% discount, like do the math on that many appointments. Genius. <laughs> and it's enough to climb, climb over the hurdle. The objection. And yeah. like, so now you're back in the pocket when it's, it's all bullshit, really bottom is bottom. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. top is top. Um, and so like I was a person, I, I, it was very rare that I sold a, a partial project. Um, I just didn't want to do it. The people are like, Oh, you can't sell the whole house, sell the, the front of windows. Like mm-hmm. why? Why would I sell the front? If I can't build enough value that all their windows suck, then I suck. Yeah. Um, but I was real quick to go to bottom and they hated it. <laughs> um, but I would be sitting at the table and I'd be like, look, you guys have done this before. You guys make a half a million a year as a household. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and play the stupid sales game. Like you're ignorant. It's, it's insulting if I do that to you. Yeah. I'm literally going to give you my bottom number. We will do the whole house plus the front door and it's 35, five. I'm going to pack my stuff up and throw it away. If we have to come back out, I can't get above a 10% discount. That's just it. Yeah. Um, so if y'all want to do it, cool. If not, don't care. I'm going to go to quick trip and get pizza. Like if y'all want to do paperwork, we can. And like, I'll just pick my shit up and go. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, it, and that's, that's the thing is like, I, I didn't care. Um, but my close rate was so high because it really, it just never mattered to me. Um, I knew about halfway through the appointment if I was getting a deal or not. Yeah, commission breath is a real thing. You know, yeah. if you're like, I'm not going to make rent unless I make this sale, or if you're you're in a competition or you know whatever the case is, you know, we 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 stopped doing all these high pressure competitions because our you know at the time we weren't hiring on core values, we were just hiring, yep. right? Yep. And these guys, uh, their their character would just diminish whenever a thousand dollar bonus came into play, and then all of a sudden we have quality issues, you know. You know what I did? So um, on the medical side of the business, we have some drawings and stuff on the on the hair salon side, but it's the scale slides. So it's, it's based on the number of hours you work, revenue you do, whatever. So it's fair. Um, there isn't like a net number. And that's usually what sales stuff is, right? It's right, net. It's net yeah. So on the hair or on the, the medical side, um, I do raffles, but the entries that you get for raffles are you're on time every day, mm-hmm. no call outs. So you get a, you get an entrance if you do that. And it's also tied to whether or not your data on, and stuff on the back end Metrics. is correct and timely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm basically giving them an entry to a raffle at the end of the end of the month. 
and the number of entries they have in the raffles based on showing up on time, punctuality, cleanliness of data. Things that make the business operate better. Bingo. Yeah. They don't know I'm doing it, right? Mm -hmm. But they're going to make sure that they're not late because they don't want to miss out on it. And I give away like two grand in gas cards. Gotcha. Um, And so like everybody wants to have the raffle entries because who doesn't want gas cards? You know what I mean? Um, And then we also... This is ongoing or is this a, like a quarter, this is an ongoing thing you're doing. Okay. Yep. And every third month I'll have, we'll do like a big one. Um, and, uh, it's an aggregate. Um, so we take at the end of the third month, we take all of the entries that they amass and it's like a bigger drawing. So if they're on, and then we also over a year's time, they're winning some stuff. So not only that, we have like a, a, a body shop cash is what we call it. So every day that they show up and they earn a raffle ticket, they get $2.50 in this like cash pool, right? Okay. The cash pool can be cashed out at any time and it could be for anything. If they want, if they want to buy tires, if they want to go on a trip, if they want it on a vanilla gift card, what if they quit? Uh, I don't care. They don't get it to take it. Gotcha. It disappears. Yeah. Um, but uh, if they do that perfectly for a month, it's worth like 60 something bucks but it's almost a grand over a whole year. Yeah. Um, and so like we have people that have 1200 bucks bank um, in this cash and like when they cash it out, it's a business expense for me. Right. Right. Cause I put it on the business card. I'm buying a trip to go, whatever. Yeah. They don't get taxed on it. Um, right. And it's a win for everybody. Yeah. Um, so like th- th- they earn their raffle ticket, plus they get their two fifty or whatever. There's a lot of value mm-hmm. in showing up on time and having your data right um and that way i don't have to make it where people are in the trenches elbow to elbow trying to hit something if they do all of these things right i win (laughs) yeah (laughs) so like that's how i set it up like that because they're all operating on a on a perfect plane they're not late their their data is correct their paperwork is good their accounts are clean the money is right all like all of that stuff um and like I hate to say it, but like I'm paying them extra to do their job. Um, it's very true though. It happens all the time, you know, and that, and, yeah. and you were saying that most competitions are net and you're, you're, you're very, very correct on that. You have to do yep. it that way. Cause too many times I've just done a competition with no minimums Yep. and I ended up spending money. I didn't need to spend for the same production. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and at, at that point, all it is is a recruiting tool. Hey, they're giving away yep. TVs over there. You know, you want to yep. go work for them get your free TV and right. that, that doesn't last, you know? No, no. And, and, uh, like I, we have every other Friday is a paid day off. Mm-hmm. Um, they have 10 paid vacation days. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of perks here, yeah. um, that most other places don't have. And I pay higher than most people for the job that they're doing. Uh-huh. But the, and people always ask are like, so why do you want to be above, above like the higher end? I don't have to worry about it no one's leaving me because they're not getting paid. Right. You know? Um, and that's the, the hardest part for most people. It's like, okay, if I'm getting paid a little bit less, but I love the work environment, I might stay. Yeah. Um, if someone comes at me with $5 more an hour, I don't even care if I like this. Right. Um, so if I can make sure that they love their job and they love the brand and they know that there is a, a potential to move up. Great. If they're already making enough money where they're happy they can get married, buy cars, buy houses, go on vacations, whatever, mm-hmm. and they never move up. They don't care. Um, so the people that are ambitious will try and take it. 
the people right. that aren't ambitious aren't getting paid like they're a worker bee. Um, and they've got vacation time and all this other stuff. Right, right. Um, and so that's the type of culture I try and, and create was, was making sure they felt valued. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really all I can do. You know? So do you look at the market and what everybody else is making and kind of gauge it based on that? I mean, if the market changes, you're adjusting. Yeah. Um, so the, the thing about it is when you look at base pays for most of the medical positions across the country, mm-hmm. they don't move a lot. Um, you know, an RN in a clinic can expect this amount an MA in a clinic can expect this amount. Okay. If you're in an ER situation or you're in a travel situation, you can expect this amount. Um, MA is specifically, I mean, I think national average is like 13 an hour. I mean, like, yeah, a, a medical assistant. Oh, okay. It's like 13 an hour. My, my people after their deductions and stuff, cause I, I run them all as 1099 so they can keep mileage and cell phone and all that. Okay. It's around 2250. <laughs> like, so, so I had, I have MAs uh-huh. at their 1099s last year were pretty close to 50 grand. So um, I've got questions on that then. Cause I've gone back and forth, you know, I've, I've paid the $500 an hour lawyer, you know what I mean? Or the thousand dollar an hour lawyer. Um, when it, when it comes to that, obviously they've got to set up their own LLCs. Do you pay for that? Do you walk them through that? And so then- the way that, that they all do it is we don't, I don't even tell them that they have to do their LLC, um, okay. because they can file as a sole proprietor or whatever. Okay. Um, so they don't need in the, the LLC to still get the same deductions. If they want to do it, they want to pay themselves out. I make my CPA available and I'll even pay for it. Okay. Um, same thing with filing at the end of the year, if they're filing just for themselves. Um, I make my CPA available to make sure that they're doing their 1099 stuff right. Um, the biggest part is is providing the value and showing them the math uh-huh. and doing it as a 1099. Because most people are conditioned to think that if you want to hire them at 1099, you're trying to rip them off or be cheap. Yeah. No, my, um, my guys at this point, because we have taught them all the tax stuff. Oh, but, they love it. But, but, but they want, they want to 99 now because they're, they're W2 and they're W2 for liability purposes. You know what yep. I'm saying? Cause I've had two, yep. I've been sued too many times. So yep. I'm just at the point where I'm like, fuck it. You're going to be W2 and yep. you'll be covered under my insurance. And then I, I know the company's covered versus them yep. having to provide their own insurance. And then if they get sued cause they knocked over somebody's grandma in an urn or something like that. You know what I mean? Like when they're inside of the house, you know? And so I've gone back and forth on it, but I, I am, my closures are making like 150, 200 grand now. And they're like, Oh my God, I'm looking at my taxes coming out. And I made 10 grand, but I'm only getting six grand of it. And I'm like, fuck, you know? Well, so, <laughs> on, so on the insurance side though, if you're having them run LLCs, mm-hmm. you can, you can add them as also insured. Um, And if you do that, it'll cost you a little bit more money than Mm -hmm. just your standard, you know, for your business. Um, But what you could do is you can have them pay that piece. So if they want to be 1099, add them as an additional insured, be like, this is your insurance charge and tack that onto their shit at the end of every month. So one of the things we did in the past is we charged them an admin fee and that kind of created the, the, the business to business relationship. Yep. But, but, but right now the way we're structured is they show up at the office every day and they do training. And then okay. they also train our new people coming in. So yep. that's kind of where I feel like the, the IRS would have a case. So <clears throat> with, with 1099 stuff, it, there's a lot of gray area with it because your, their paycheck doesn't 
revolve around them showing up to this training, right? right. Um, what you're saying is basically like in order for you to have access to our leads and do our stuff, this is our process. Mm-hmm. You can show up for it. You cannot show up for it. It doesn't matter to us. If you don't show up for it, we're not going to send you leads. It, it's conditional. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And so the thing that you can't tell them is when their shift is. Mm-hmm. They, they have to show up to this building. It has to be eight to five. It's whatever. With the medical stuff, um, like my, my pop-up clinics are 1130 to 7. These are the hours. If you want them, you will show up. Mm-hmm. If you don't want them, don't come to work. And then on the and back, I, I'm not on the back end. You're not going to invest in someone that's not showing up, and eventually no. they're going to they're going to move on. But the IRS can't get mad at me for it. Those are the shifts that are available. Yeah. Um, so you know, if you want to work, this is where where you're going to be, and and whatever. If you don't want to show up, then you don't show up. I'm not going to give you more shifts, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and they're relying on their own stuff. They have their own cars. They're bringing their own you know materials. There's mm-hmm. some things that I supply them. They have to use their own knowledge and their own training because they're all certified. Um, and that's where it all falls in place. Um, gotcha. And I talked to, I talked to multiple attorneys about this. Um, and they're like, the only thing that you can't do is be like, you know, you can't run it like a W2 position at a call center. You can't, there's no way you can have a call center person be contract. Right, right. Not a thing. Yeah. If they're going out into the field and they're running leads for you, of course they could be contracted. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're going to call the lead and, be like, oh, I'm going to be there at two. Maybe you set the appointment at one. Yeah, they're not getting fired for it. You're right. not in control of that. Right. Um, but in order for them to be a contractor for you, they have to come in for these safety trainings. Why? Because they're on your insurance. Like, there's nothing that anybody can do about that. So what about? And I and I've heard a few different arguments on this. What about benefits? So benefits, you can offer them, and you can offer to pay for them. Um, and there isn't really anything. In, anything wrong with it all you're Mm -hmm. doing is making it available now if it became part of an employment package completely Mm -hmm. different so if you're like hey you're a contractor here because you're contracted we've got access to these medical plans if you're interested you will pay this amount we'll cover the other half just as you know as part of our working agreement when you leave you don't get to keep it um and it's it's easy easy enough being done because uh, uh, there's a lot of places that do that. I think AT&T's contractors have access to their um, to their healthcare packages and stuff like that. Uh, I, I didn't know that. If they did, I've read through that contract a million times. Um, but, oh, you know what? You know how they get around it is they have a distributor in between. That's what it is. Bingo. Yeah. So you can use QuickBooks. You can use, it doesn't matter who has it. Mm-hmm. It's just not you. Like, we have access to this stuff. Right. If you choose to use it, we'll cover this piece of it but it's not internal. Gotcha. No, that makes a lot of sense. We do have one to 99 person on our insurance right now. Uh, We ran it through Jeff with Iconic. And so that's how we got that done. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the building great sales teams podcast. We sure do appreciate it. We still have more, more conversation with Jacob Stoller coming up in the next week. So be sure to subscribe, like, and share and be ready for that episode to come out. In the meantime, let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.